Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric, the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, I know I've been doing a better job making those goddamn TikTok videos, but still need to do a better job cranking them out. Pretty good week so far for us. We've had positive ROI every day. You know, uh, Monday Night Football swept the board. Tuesday, day off. Wednesday, 5U. Thursday night, swept the board in football. And yesterday, grinded out. 1-U-R-O-I. Um, real quick, as you guys know, I feel I am one of the most trans transparent persons on these social media platforms. On my website, etalk21sports.com, you can find every single one of my spreadsheets. Even on sports where I have a losing ROI, I still have the work up there. So you guys know I'm not a bullshit artist. Um, Some guy, he said I was a little sketchy. Um, and then he posts on his page that I'm a scammer. I'm the furthest thing from a scammer. And anyone who knows me knows that's not it. My price is air and signly low. B, I limit how many people I accept on taking so I can give you guys the service that you're playing for. Um, so if I was a scammer, wouldn't I try to take as many people as I can instead of limiting how many people I take? Two, I bet the plays myself. I post the tickets myself. Three, everything is sent to my members early as hell in the morning. I mean, I'm sending out plays at 4 5 a.m. Chicago time. And win or lose, I post stuff. So in terms of being a scammer, I that that really pissed me off. I'm the furthest thing from a scammer. I looked at Homeboy's page, and he's just trying to get street cred. I know that's why I did it, but still. You guys know I'm the furthest thing from the scammer. And even, like, I don't even tout these. I send the guys that are part of my, my platform, my membership, I send them my DFS slots. I send out all my DFS notes, how I'm building my roster for the 50-50 contest, and we've cashed the last two games in a row, and that's not even the service I'm selling. I just give, because they showed faith in me to win them money, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm providing, and this little, this person, like, so yeah, so you guys know I'm the furthest thing from the scammer, so that was my little rant on that. Um, we have a good show today. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, Billy Donovan, give my thoughts on the Thursday night football game. And then um, Sterling from Silver Star Sports, he's going to come on at the end of the show. And then him and I are going to talk about what three teams from the NFL have surprised us and which three teams of the NFL have disappointed us. Um, also, him and I talked off the air. I'm really looking forward to this. We're going to go through and we're going to go team by team like we did with our NFL preview. We're going to go team by team in the NBA and we're going to talk what they need to do in the offseason, what direction we think they need to go in, all all that whole whole nine yards. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. But with that being said, let's jump right in to what I think is a great hire from the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls got Billy Donovan. Now let's look at Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, you know, played... High-level player, college, had a t- cup of tea in the NBA, um, started off in Florida, won a national title with Florida, and then he went to the Thunder, and it was a surprising move. When he first went to the Thunder, he was a little over his head, and what everyone doesn't understand is when you transcend from the college game to the NBA game, just with the substitution patterns and everything, 
it's a very different game. And also, another difference between the NBA and the college game, in the NBA, you pick at the weakness. So hypothetically, Cantor can't defend the pick and roll. So you do the pick and roll. You just boom, boom. You keep on doing that until Cantor plays for the Celtics. The Celtics make a change, take him out of the game, then you attack the next player on defense. But in college, it's more you run a system, you run plays, and you do that. So it's a lot different. So when Donovan got to OKC, he had a really hard time with his substitution patterns and basically just understanding the difference between the NBA game and the college game. But I will give him credit. He adapted. He figured out how to use Russ and Katie together on the court, off the court, and when so substitutions were staggered and everything. And, I mean, honestly, they were up 3-2. If it wasn't for Clay going off, they would have won that series, and KD probably would have stayed in OKC. But, you know, the rest is history. And even though you lose KD with George and Russell Westbrook, he made them competitive, and they were, they were one of the three or four in the West. I think there were three. There were three in the West. I mean... Maybe six. I'm not sure, but, you know, Dame hit that three. Then they had that huge trade. George left. Russ left. And everyone just assumed they were blowing everything up. That's what everyone just assumed. Everyone assumed they were blowing everything up. You know, Thunder were given a 2% chance to make the playoffs. They were trading Chris Paul. But, I mean, the job that Donovan did this year... Getting that team to the playoffs was insane. That team had zero business making it to the playoffs. And what tells me that how good he was this year is you look at OKC's record in tight games and you just look at the development that the players took over the course of the year. So, you know, great coach, kind of a huge surprise OKC and him parted ways, but when you took a better, a deeper dive into it, um, he didn't want to do the rebuild. This is a guy that's won at a college level. He's had success. He's made the playoffs. He's had deep run in the playoffs coaching. So he didn't want to be a part of that. So that's why they parted ways. And that's what the Bulls are getting. So the Bulls get him. Immediately, he's going to upgrade Markin's game, Devine's game. He's going to take those guys to another level like he did with the guys in OKC. But what's next for the Bulls? The Bulls still don't have that dude, that closer. I mean, yeah, Levine is good, but he's not that good. He's not that next level guy, That the guy that's going to take your team over the hump into the next level. So that's what I really need to get. Um, they have the fourth round pick, fourth round, excuse me, fourth pick. But this, I, I hate to break it to you guys. This draft is insanely, insanely weak. I really don't think there's going to be any really stars on it. I mean, Wiseman may be able to hit. If Wiseman can't hit, you know, that could, that would be it. I mean, it would be a low-level hit. He'd probably be like a quote-unquote, um, like DeAndre Jordan. You know, just a big that can run the floor. Um, but something that does need to be addressed is they do need to get that veteran leader for let me retract to the Bulls. They need to get that veteran present that will come in and buy into the Billy Donovan way. 
kind of like, you know, I'll give Chris Paul credit. Chris Paul totally bought into the Billy Donovan way, and that's kind of the type of dude that the uh, Florida needs this year. Have it be they bring in Al Hofer. I'm hearing a lot of Joe Kim Noah. You know, whoever, just bring those guys in so that way I'll teach the younger guys, like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing, buy into his way, and we'll, and you'll get going in the right direction. But definitely a huge move, a great hire for the Bulls. Really looking forward being in the Chicago area. It's always better, like, when you're in an area of a team and just the sports team doing good. Even if I do, even if you hate it, I hate the Bulls, I hate the Bears, I hate the Blackhawks, even though I live in Chicago. But it's just a better vibe. I mean, when those teams are doing good, um, you know, just everyone has a little more pep in the step and everything. Even here, the bull, the Bears are a bullshit 2-0. and Everyone's walking around with their Bears gear, chests out. I'm seeing the neighbor who plays on the team. He's, he's got a little stroll to him. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a lot better. Um, so, you know, that's my thoughts on Donovan. Now let's look at the Thursday night game. Now, what we need to understand as a group of people is nothing motivates people in general more than financials, okay? What do I mean by that? If your performance on the field is going to help you financially, that is when you're going to get the most effort from a professional player, okay? So, kind of like in season-long fantasy, or when a guy has a has it in his contract, if I get over X amount of yards, I get more money. Though That's motivating people, and that's what I look for. Now, what no one understands or understood was basically if Fitzpatrick lost that job, he was done. They're going to bring in Tua, and yes, I know he's kind of a lame duck because obviously the Dolphins were going to draft Tua, and all you guys that have listened to my stuff, you know that I'm not high on Tua, and I know he's going to be a bust, and I won't go into that. But this was going to be the best effort from Fitzpatrick and the best effort from the Dolphins because basically if you go 3-0, and your season is done. But financially for Fitzpatrick to continue his career as an NFL player, this was going to be his best effort. And you got a complete effort from Fitzpatrick in this game. He controlled the line of scrimmage, audibling, great throws. I mean, he looked good. He was a, he was a solid 18 for 20, 160 yards, two CDs. No flashy numbers, but efficient and Let's face it, the Jags were insanely overvalued. They beat a Colts team they had no business beating and played a Titans team competitively. And let's face it, this Titans team isn't as good as it was last year. As much as it pain, people don't admit it, they're not that good as they were last year. And last year, they weren't even that good to begin with. So the Jags were overvalued. Fitzpatrick went in there and got the job done. In terms of the game, can we just admit Gardner Minshew isn't that? Later on in the... Um, episode, Sterling and I did record this before this game, and I did say Minshew has proven he can be an NFL quarterback. Oh my God, after watching this game, he can't read a simple zone defense. He cannot read a simple zone defense, so we need to stop with all this Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania bullshit. This guy is nothing but a placeholder for Trevor Lawrence, and let's face it, if you really want were an NFL GM, who would you rather want as your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence or or Minshew Mania with Gene Shorts and his ball sack hanging out. It's a no-brainer. You want Trevor Lawrence. You want Trevor Lawrence to be that guy. So let's kind of calm down on that. James Robinson, yeah, you know, 11 carries, 46 yards. But is he really going to be the RB1? You know what I mean? Like, is he really, like, an RB1 material? Jags, they're getting a lot of pieces, but they just don't have all the pieces yet. C.J. Henderson... 
got burned a lot. Um, his Pete pro for football fork is great, went ground a lot, but I'm still high on Henderson. Um, Gasecki only had one reception. I thought Gasecki was going to be this guy. And that's why it's important when you look at teams, you got to look at the history of offensive coordinators. If you look at Chan Bailey, what he's done over the Chan Gailey, excuse me, what he's done over the years, except for that one year with Scott Chandler, Gasecki's never really been that excuse me, the tight end's never really been a big factor in the Gailey offense. So that's why I was telling people to avoid Mike Gasecki this year, just because I didn't believe the hype. And also, what the hell is going on with the Dolphins' backfield? I mean, you got Gaskin, 22 carries for 66 yards. I mean, I it, it really is dumbfounding to me how Matt Breida, who I was really high on this year, and it looks like I was completely wrong, hasn't really stepped in to be this lead back and everything's going to Gaskin. And Jordan Howard just strolls out there on the goal line. So offensively, you know, pieces-wise, I don't want anything to do with fantasy-wise with either one of these teams. I think they're a complete train wreck. Um, and there's just so many variables to who's going to be the guy. And those, and I'll call a spade a spade, those are two bad teams. Those are two really, really bad teams. And for all you Miami fans that say, oh, let's play Tua, A, you guys need to understand, Tua, Tua is not that good. He's got, oh my God, the holes he got in his game are insane. And behind Playing behind that offensive line, he's going to do nothing but get hurt. So let's just kind of calm down on all this, oh, play Tua stuff, because that would be the worst thing that could happen to everybody. So that's kind of my thoughts on the Thursday night game. Um, if you guys have any questions, you know, about moving forward with fantasy players or play fantasy players for the weekend, I mean, guys, my DMs are always open. You can always shoot in a DM just saying, hey, you know, what do you think of player A, player B, and I'll be glad to help you with that. You can find my rankings on etof21sports.com, of course, along with all the betting spreadsheets for all the little haters out there. So now we're going to bring Sterling on. Like I said, um, this was recorded Wednesday of this week, not today on Saturday. So now I'd like to welcome back Sterling from Silver Star Sports back to the show. He's becoming a regular. Sterling, how you doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Happy to have sports back. The NBA, uh, conference finals, uh, baseball is getting ready to enter the playoffs. The NFL is in full swing. Uh, soccer starting back up. It feels great. I mean, it's kind of like I kind of feel pressed for time now. Like, what do I watch? What do I lock into? I mean... Even tonight, we got Stanley Cup. We got... Uh, yeah, how could I forget about my lightning? Oh, dude. I got the Stars 16-1, to man. I'm sorry about the Stars winning uh. that series, buddy. Um, you know, we got the Celtics Heat, which has been an interesting series. We got both both of us like the Nuggets. It's a great time to be alive. Um, but you and I went through, and we talked a lot of NFL leading up to the start of the season. And we have you on today, and we're just going to talk about a couple teams that have disappointed you and a couple teams that have surprised you. So let's naturally, let's always start with a negative. That's how I look at stuff. So uh, what are some of the teams that have disappointed you? Starting with our uh, preseason darlings, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yeah, they're sitting at 1-1, one and one, but they just have not looked very good. Philip Rivers, I thought his um, old hero ball wouldn't follow him from Los Angeles, but 
has followed him, and it's really hurting the Chargers so far. They looked very unimpressive in their win against the Vikings. And then their first game, they lost to Jacksonville, who is one of my surprise teams, but still um, haven't liked how they look so far, not feeling too as confident as I was before the season. I totally agree, and that was actually one of my surprise, one of my disappointing teams. It goes without saying, my one of my disappointing teams is my Lions. That's two weeks in a row where they've had a double-digit lead and have blown it. I mean, granted, I know the lead against the Packers was early, but still, you have a defensive-minded coach. You're up 14-3, to and you give up how many points in a row? Like, I'm totally spacing off the top of my head how many points they gave up in a row, but it just it's just bad. And then you're up. 23 to 6 against Trubisky and that Bears team and you you don't win. I mean I was I admit I may have been sipping the Kool-Aid a little bit too much. But I look at it like this. I own rental properties, okay? Hypothetically, one of my rental properties has a termite problem. So I hire an exterminator. If the exterminator doesn't come in and get the job done, I'm not going to keep going to him for three or four more times. I'm going to get a new goddamn exterminator. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And the fact that this guy, Matt Patricia, still has a job blows my mind. So, I mean, that the Lions are one of my disappointing teams. How? Well, um, well, I, I didn't list them in my disappointing teams list, but I definitely agree at the same time. Um, I did have them coming in third in the division. But I wouldn't have been surprised if they were really challenging for the division. Obviously, there's still plenty of time left in the season. They still could. Um, but yeah, these first few weeks have been very disappointing. I, Patricia, I've just never been a big believer, which is why I had them third in the division. But he needs to be firmly on the hot seat. If he's not fired um, soon, I don't understand what the Lions are doing. I honestly, I would have fired him after week one. I mean... Mm-hmm. I would have fired him after week one because it's the second year in a row they've had a huge lead in the fourth quarter that they shouldn't have blown. And that was the 10th fourth quarter lead in the Patricia era that they've blown. And he's supposed to be change the culture, defensive minded. And this shit happens. Dude, I mean, he's just got to go. Yeah, he's. I mean, but that that's my that's my one Lions rant for the gay day, guys. I'm sorry. Um. So what's uh, what's uh, your next team? Uh, keeping it in the NFC North, we'll go with the Vikings, who we already talked uh, briefly touched on. This team, I had them ninth in my preseason power rankings. I was all in on the Vikings to win the division. Um, I remember you weren't as high on them as I was, but I thought they would just be just a solid team, control the football. I thought their defense was going to be good, but those rookie corners are getting lit up. And then the pass rush... Uh, Daniel Hunter hasn't played. I, I can't remember if he played last week, but he didn't play week one. And the pass rush has not been getting to the passer. Uh, so their teams have all day to throw against them. And I don't know. It's really concerning with their lack of cap space and their situation down the road. Kirk Cousins isn't the answer. He looked very bad last week. Um, they're a team that I'm really starting to get worried about. Yeah, they have not looked good at all. Their back four, let's be honest, has been bad. I mean, Aaron Rodgers carved them up. But let me ask you this. Do you think their back four looking like they do is because the lack of 
a full camp and a lack of preseason games, or do you think yeah. they're just behind yeah. the eight ball? Um, I'm gonna say it's a lack of preseason games and training camp um, to get up to speed and have this whole unit mesh together with Zimmer. Um, but then again, I am higher on the Vikings than most teams, so I think maybe that's my, a little bit of my bias talking. But who knows? And. So me being a, I, it seems to me like maybe I should just turn my profile to a Lions thing, but it seems to me I always circle back to the Lions. I don't know if you saw on Twitter there was this big debate from Vikings fans saying that Kirk Cousins was better than Matt Stafford. Uh, well, that's uh, delusional fan base talking. I know, but like seriously, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, and Cousins went to Michigan State, and you may not know this about me. I'm a huge Michigan State guy. Uh-huh. He was awful at Michigan State. And I'm amazed he's been able to make it as much as he has in the NFL. Um, another team for me, and I'll be honest, I this team should straight up be 2-0. I wasn't as high on them as I believe you were, but I didn't think it was possible. But Mike McCarthy has made the, the Dallas Cowboys offense look worse. I mean, they just, I know they've had a couple injuries up front. Their defense just hasn't hasn't looked good at all. And offensively, it's just, I don't know if that Dak just has too many targets. It's just too bland. They're not opening up. It's just not clicking like it was last year. And I don't know if you saw this play. And it was that play where they had the ball um, in the third quarter. And they were on the Falcons one, and they ran a read option. And literally, Elliot and Prescott were fighting over the ball. Prescott had the ball ripped from his hands from Elliot. Elliot scores the touchdown, but it was it was called back. He was down, and the next time they ran RPO down by the goal line, Prescott didn't even extend the ball. It was a little show and then a go. It was. It was really weird. I don't know if you caught that or not. No, I actually did not. I mean, so um, I wonder if there's kind of like Prescott feels he needs to score these touchdowns to get, you know what I mean, to get his just. Is there a little animosity between those guys? Or it could just be me like reading too much into it. What do you think about the Cowboys? Uh, the Cowboys, I had them, I believe, six at, without looking at it on my power rankings, and I was really high on them entering the year. But yeah, so far, I just have not seen it. That Falcons game, I can't really take much away from that comeback, but the Falcons lost that game. They did everything in their power to blow that game. Um, I don't understand how the special teams unit does not dive on the football. I don't know how you get to that level of football. I don't understand the rules of an onside kick. Um, But yeah, the offense just seems very bland, very vanilla. Um, I, I, I don't know how you can have that many weapons and not be putting forth a top five offense in this league. And it's kind of like, now, okay, I, I'll, I'll save this one to when we talk to about our teams that are surprising. Um, so what is your third team that has disappointed you? The Eagles. Um, yeah. I know they always have um, injuries. But you got to get over those injuries and win football games if you want to compete. And they just have not done that so far. 
they looked awful against the football team week one. Carson Wentz looks like half the person he was before, you know. He looks like a far cry from the MVP, that MVP candidate. And then against the Rams last week, they were down early, and then they came back, and then the Rams just went on a tear after that. So the defense isn't looking good. The receivers aren't getting open. Carson Wentz looks bad. The O-line is injured. Ah, I'm just worried about Philly. Yeah, they look they look really bad. I, I Spacing what I had them at, but I didn't... I think I had them, like, wasn't my prediction, like, P- the Peterson magic is gone after this year? Yeah, you were low on them. Girl. Yeah, so I just, I, the first game, I believe they obviously, they were in control, Washington got some pressure, their offensive line issues um, clearly showed, and they didn't have Miles Sanders, but that game against the Rams... They got down early, and then they're just playing catch-up. I mean, Slay hasn't done anything for the defense. They're not getting to the quarterback, and their offensive line has been playing poor. So, yeah, I mean, if who do they play this week? Do you know off the top of your head? Let me look at it. I got it right here. They play the... um Eagles... Oh, they play the Bengals, which I think maybe could be a little entertaining. It's at home, but no fans, though. So, I mean, that... And the Bengals have in 10 days. So, I mean, that, that game could be interesting. Um, And the the team that's disappointed me the most, and maybe it's just because I financially back them the first two weeks, is the Cleveland Browns. And I just really felt that Skafanski was going to bring some organizational control to this team. And some sort of, I don't want to use the word intelligence, but I'm going to use the word intelligence. Against the Ravens, week one, now, what was up with that fake punt call? You know what I mean? Like, that fake punt call was awful. And there was a part of the game where, not Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb was averaging over 10 yards a carry. 10 yards a carry. He finished with only 10 carries, which is ridiculous. Like, what is up with that? Like, it blows my mind when teams figure they get down and they have to pass. Well, if you're running for 10 yards of play, why not just run? You know what I mean? You can run the hurry-up offense while running the ball. But teams just go into passing, and they're not going to win if Mayfield chucks the ball that much. They need to take that next step just an organizational control. And I really thought he was going to be at least able to do that. And in my eyes, I've seen the same old shit under from Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Jackson, sorry. I haven't seen a much less or much less impressive victory against a rookie quarterback on a Thursday night. You know, um, like that was basically a gimme game for the Browns. And then it was still really competitive. And if you want to be a playoff team, you got to put those teams away, you know. Um, He's not running chub enough. The ground game needs to be a higher priority. And then Baker just hasn't looked all that good, you know. Um, They've just, like, for a team that I said, hey, this team has the pieces, I'm exciting, I'm excited, I just haven't seen it. They just haven't taken that next step that I really thought I was going to see from them, and it's it's disappointing. Um, So now... Let's go to something a little more positive, since we like to end on a positive note. 
What's one of them? All right, the first one I really want to talk about them is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I know all off season, I personally even I had them as my worst team in the league, and then everyone else really had them too, and it was this tank for Trevor movement, and they were at the forefront. But I want to applaud the Jaguars because they've done a really good job of just getting players who don't want to be there out the building and just building a culture, which is something Jacksonville has lacked for so long. Um, yeah, there's still problems at the higher-ups in their organization, but uh, I really like the steps they've taken so far. Um, Leonard Fournette clearly didn't want to be there. Um, they got rid of him. Ronnie Harrison was complaining, um, hasn't really developed since college. They got rid of him. And Ekin Kakwe wasn't even going to play for them. So they said, if you don't want to be here, you can pack your bags. And they brought in people like James Robinson. He's been a revelation in the ground game so far. Um, Gardner's um, playing like he's got something to prove. I, I'm a big fan of how what Jacksonville's doing this year. So. And I mean, the main, the main thing with Jacksonville is I've never really been a quote-unquote Doug Monroe guy. These players will follow you. And he's got those guys bought in, and they're not making dumb penalties, and they're playing, like, surprisingly good football. And Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden has made Gardner Minshew better. I really don't think that he's a quote-unquote franchise quarterback, but he's made them where if Minshew was your was your quarterback and you had the right pieces around him, you could make the playoffs. My preseason prediction was either him or Chubb was going to lead the league in rushing if Gruden just gives him the ball more. And Derek Carr has looked pretty good. I really thought Carr was going to struggle. He's looked pretty good under center. He's not making silly mistakes. And I still think they have some holes on the defensive side of the ball. But offensively, the team has looked great. Um, I haven't really gotten to watch too many Raiders games, to be honest. I had to work for the Monday night game. I have Josh Jacobs. I had him leading the rushing or league in rushing this year, along with Chubb, um, just just like you. But um, yeah, in a division with a lot of uncertainty, um, the Raiders have a real good chance to finish in second in this division and uh, maybe make the playoffs. Derek Carr's look pretty good so far. I mean, he's looked really good, like really, really good. And speaking of the Raiders. Let me just get your opinion on that fourth down call in the Panthers game. Oh, where they handed it to the fullback? Where they handed it to, what, Mike Amell? I mean, you have Teddy Bridgewater just sneak it. Arguably one of the better, best back in the NFL. Why not hand it off? No, let's give it to our fullback. What did you think of that call? I put the ball in the hands of your best player. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that simple. I mean, it's just, yeah. Um, so, I just said the Raiders. What's the next team that you've been pleasantly surprised about? Um, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I know for the whole narrative surrounding them this year, or last year, was they are the worst 13-3 and team we've ever seen. This was really an 8-8 eight eight team. They just got lucky. And then they had this awful offseason where they didn't really get better. We just need or their biggest needs. Um, but then they come in this year, and Aaron Rodgers is playing with a fire that's uh, been lit under him, maybe from drafting Jordan Love. I don't know what it is. 
but he's playing out of his mind. He's playing like the old Aaron Rodgers. He's single-handedly making Alan Lazard and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanty look like acceptable NFL receivers. And then Aaron Jones is balling out. He's, I was hesitant as to whether the Packers should pay him, but he's showing a lot in the receiving game that I didn't even know he had. Uh, and he's trying to earn that contract. Yeah, like we've talked, match, matches up well against the rest of the division. Yeah, so. like nothing motivates people more than money. Mm-hmm. Nothing motivates people more than money. But let me ask you this: like, I they're two and zero and everything. Um, after seeing the Vikings and the Lions, do you think that's just them taking advantage of playing two crappy teams, or do you think this team is for real? Um. Honestly, I think this team's for real. I think we'll know much better after next week once they play the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be a statement win on Sunday night. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I'm think I'm way higher on Packers than I start, initially started the season with. Um, the next the team I want to talk about next is I want to talk about the Rams. I thought this team was going to be in the bottom of the West, and the thing that that pisses me off is I just didn't take a step back and say to myself, hey, the smartest guy in terms of offensive football is locked up in his house in quarantine for a couple months. He's probably going to figure out stuff and make the offense better. And I, I just irritates myself. I'm, I'm pissed <laughs> off at myself. I didn't realize that and think that out loud because this offense looks great right now. It looks better than it has in a couple years. Offensive line is playing way better than I had them initially graded. And their defense is serviceable. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think this Rams team could make the playoffs and and make a a little run in the playoffs. I've been thoroughly impressed with them. I still think they need to... Akers was eventually going to be the lead lead dog, but that rib injury obviously has me a little worried about all my Akers love. But offensively, offensive line, defense, I mean, I've been thoroughly surprised by this Rams team. Yep, agreed. This NFC West is just so deep, and I had them at the bottom of the NFC West as well. But McVay has really done wonders to this offense, you know. Um, we thought they would fall off of, or fall off, but no, not at all. Jared Goff looks way better than he's looked in recent years. Um, their receiving core is dangerous. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're getting open. Uh, running game could be better, but it's it's still looking good. And then the defense is coming along. Um, I'll be curious to see how that division shakes up, especially with the 49ers injuries and how hot the Cardinals have been through two weeks. I mean, I think eye on anyone in that division, they all could go far. I think the 49ers are done. That defense is done with no Bosa. I mean, that defense took a huge step up with Bosa, and just having no Bosa, I think that defense is going to come back to earth. I think the 49ers could actually finish last in that division. Um, Honestly, that's what I would expect right now. So, I mean, that's just a huge blow for them. Um, now, what has been the top team that has surprised you the most? 
Oh, I went in the reverse order. So the top team that surprised me the most has been the Jaguars. But oh, my bad. My third team, anyway. Um, New England Patriots. Um, yeah, they beat the Dolphins week one. But how they played against the Seahawks impressed me. Um, Cam, he's still not throwing the ball downfield as well as you would like to see. But he's looking good. He's looking confident. He has that um, swagger back, you know, when he plays. And then defense, yeah, they gave up 35 points. But, I mean, Russell Wilson is just going to – I have him winning MVP. Yeah. So I like how they've run the ball. They've used Cam's skill set. And they're playing to his strengths. Um, something that I, I thought would take a learning curve, you know. For sure. I mean, I have been – thoroughly impressed cam is motivated and i've said this a couple times on here now since cam has bill bella bill belichick protection if you're a cam hater you might as well just bunker down for a while because he is protected by the god himself so i just i've been thoroughly impressed and that kid uh damian bird he's looked good Offensive line has looked better. Um, I mean, they still really, how can I, I don't, unless there's a running back there that really takes that step, I don't know if they can win games how they are with basically Cam being the lead runner. You know what I mean? I really thought Sony Michelle would have stepped up by now, but he hasn't looked that good this year. No, he's been disappointed. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, they have looked great. Um, for me, and we were both high on this team, but they've looked better, especially on the defensive side of the football, than I ever imagined, and that's with their top 10 pick. I can't even find them anywhere on the field when I'm watching. The Arizona Cardinals. Um, If you look at that first game when the 49ers were healthy, if you take away that big play by... Mozart, that 76-yard run, they held that 49ers offense in check when everyone was healthy. They totally dominated the Washington football team. I think this defense is way better than I initially gave them credit for. And I really thought it would take a little bit of time for Murray and Hopkins just to kind of get that rhythm. You know what I mean? To find that rhythm, get in check. But, you know, they look like they've been playing together forever. And yeah, they are in sync. And Murray is, he's running this year. He's actually putting this head down and running. Um, Kenyon Drake hasn't looked that impressive, but he's not. Last year, toward the tail end of the season, the offense kind of funneled through him. But this year, you know, it's like they don't need him now. And it's the uh, Kyle Murray show, and he's he looks great. Hopkins looked the offensive line is protected him. And defense is way better than I initially thought. What What do you think about the cards? They've looked very impressive through two weeks. Um, how they didn't let the football team get to them at all was really impressive. Uh, Kyler's getting the ball out quick. Ian Hopkins are on the same page. Um, he looks like an MVP candidate this year. And it's so good to see that defense, the levels that they've taken from last year when they were just by far the worst defense in the league uh, is honestly refreshing to see. And I'm just looking forward to watching them for the rest of the year. But uh, your Lions next week. So but, might be another one. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And I, Oh, God, don't get me started on those guys. Um, 
But here's the thing. That kind of goes like the main thing about the um, Cardinals is to me, coaching happens when people improve. And that team's improved. I mean, is Clinsbury a better coach than we both thought he was? I think so. I, I think. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's... This team looks good. Like, really good. <laughs> um, And then my next comment about them is... What... um Gun to your head right now, after... After two weeks, if you were to, you don't have to say the record, like rank the NFC West teams through order. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. Actually, no, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. Okay. And then 49ers. Okay. How do you think? I just think the 49ers are just in an uphill battle. Yeah, with all those injuries. Do you think three, um, you think three teams out of the West could make the playoffs? I really do. Um, especially when you look at the other divisions. NFC North struggling. I mean, yeah, the Bears are 2-0, oh, but they haven't had the toughest schedule. Um, NFC South looks doesn't look that good. The Saints are uh, struggling. Drew Brees' arm is a real concern. Uh, Tampa Bay, they've got a tough early season schedule. they got to figure themselves out. And then NFC East has been the NFC least for a while now, so... Yeah, I think three teams from the West make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I've been that by far is the best division. Um, now, real quickly, let's just touch on two more things, and then you know we'll let you go. Thanks again for stopping on. Um, all these injuries on week two, I'll put you on the spot right here. Um, what injury do you think? will have the biggest effect on the team? Will it be CMC's ankle, Garoppolo's ankle, Bosa's ACL, Barkley's ACL, Locke's AC joint? What um, what injury will have the biggest effect on the team for the rest of the season? Uh, maybe because I'm a Giants fan, but having Saquon uh, get injured, which is a blow to the entire team, um, literally... Obviously, Giants fans didn't really have realistic expectations expecting to make the playoffs. Um, but having him get injured, it was a blow to the entire organization and just the course of this franchise. Uh, I think it could end up being a good thing if they end up being like the worst team in the league and get Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I think it's going to be really good because we're going to find out if uh, Daniel Jones has that it factor and if he's a good enough quarterback that they pass on a top prospect like uh, Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Let me... Um, yeah. Oh, to go ahead. go Finish your thought, and then I'll ask you my question about the Giants. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, so, my question... Did you watch the, the first game on Monday Night Football? Yeah. Why did the Giants' offensive line keep pulling the guards and the tackles? Because they can't design plays. It's weird. I mean, that, to me, was mind-boggling. And then, did you watch the game last Sunday against the Bears? Um, I watched, caught the fourth quarter of it. I All right. Watch the full game. That's perfect, because I just want to ask you about the last two plays. Why the hell are you running a play to a Deion Lewis sideline running back out or whatever that gains you four yards so you go from the 15 to the 11? 
I was so confused watching it. I was like, why? Okay, that didn't accomplish anything. And I mean, like, yeah, Tate pushed off, but Tate got interfered. It was, I don't know. I really thought they were going to win that game straight up. I was a little disappointed with, with the Giants. Um, and you and I have taught, bas- taught basketball off air. Um, you know, the big thing about the basketball right now is obviously Giannis and the Bucks and the Clippers. Let's just touch on the Clippers real quick. Um, talk, what I mean, are they trading George, firing Doc? Like, what? I, I just hired you as GM of the Clippers. Tell me what you're doing. I, I'm firing Doc. Um, for as great of a coach as he's been in NBA history, that was inexcusable. To lose that 3-1 lead and just how the players look disinterested. I, I don't know if you watched the entire series, but just the body language between the Nuggets bench versus the Clippers bench was night and day. Michael Mullen was able to pick his guys up even when all hope looked lost. They were down 3-1. And Doc Rivers just never could light a fire for his guys. He can never get their attention and make them play to their actual potential. And then it was really like the Clippers just were not running sets either. It was just like ISO ball, and it was just like someone take over. Um, So I got to fire Doc. And then, obviously, uh, Paul George was awful in the playoffs. So if you think you can get a good enough offer, I don't know if you'd be able to. But, yeah, you just got to look around for something else. Maybe another point guard that can actually create off the bench, not Patrick Beverly. I don't know. I mean... I'm a big Nuggets guy, and I went on. I was saying the Nuggets were going to win in seven, so I kind of feel like street. My streak head's pretty high right now, but um, I just I think that team lacks leadership. I think if that team had like a um, Goran Dragic, even a player like that, a Kyle yeah, Lowry, like a point that can create. You know? But I mean, not even create, but just like a vocal leader. Because if you look at Kawhi. When he, in the San Antonio days, he had all those Hall of Famers, the veterans. That, that that was the voice of the team, not him. And then last year, he had Lowry. And, I mean, the one thing that this playoffs has done to me has made me value Kyle Lowry as a basketball player more. His leadership, his intensity. Even when I saw the Toronto series when they came back, forcing Game 7, and just seeing, like, not having that in a team as good as the Clippers. Um... And then Stephen A. Smith made this analogy. I don't know if you heard it. He can. He said Paul George is the new Dwight Howard, meaning small market team, you know, trading places, trying to win a ship, trying to be the guy, and just he falling off the face of the earth and decreasing his value, which was kind of a good analogy because that's kind of what happened. What do you think about that? I saw the comments. I didn't read into it too much. And it's a shame because just a year ago, Paul George, what did, what did he finish, third in MVP voting? I yeah. It was. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Also, just watching him this postseason and how he's conducted himself just made it, it made him lose like a lot of fans. Uh, did you see his comments that they didn't expect to win? Or I can't remember what exactly he said, but they weren't built to win this year or something like that. Yeah, I mean, who says that? You know what I mean? Yeah, like. like yeah, that would turn me off in, in the locker room if I heard my teammates say that. You know? I mean, that's just a piss-poor comment. It's just awful. So awful. But, um, Sterling, thanks uh, 
thanks for coming on, my man. It's always a pleasure. You bring a great amount of content, uh, original thoughts and everything. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? All right. Find me at Silver Star Sports on Instagram. That's going to be Silver Star and then underscore and then sports. Um, I just finished my 32 teams, uh, or my preview for all 32 teams. I know it's a little late, but now that I'm finished with that, I can post on more current events. So, um, game by game, what's happening in the world. Uh, so I'm going to be posting a lot more. So go ahead, follow me over there. Um, uh, still haven't broken into Twitter and anything, but you'll catch me on this podcast again. I'm sure. Thanks for having me again. I would love to come on again. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, star sports. anytime, you know, you're more than welcome to come on. Guys, make sure you follow him. Every Sunday night, he posts his week two and one and the Sunday week three takeaways. Very insightful, original thoughts. Guys, make sure you're following him. Sterling, thanks for coming on, my man. So thanks again for Sterling coming on. Sorry, guys. I don't know what the hell is going on with the audio there. Um, obviously, I'm going to be switching forward, dumping Skype, going to be recording stuff through Zoom now on because obviously... You know, I had to cut and piece that together, um, try to make the transitions as best as I could for you guys. So sorry about that. Uh, loaded day of plays, you know, me and my guys, you know, we're locked and loaded. We got stuff going on. Unfortunately, we lost our EPL play today. We had the, the draw in, um, what was it, uh, Everton and uh, what was that game? Think, think, think. Crystal Palace. Uh, we lost that game. We had the draw. Right now in college, we are grinding out Auburn minus the 7. We got Georgia Southern plus the 11 and the money line. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we got UFC. No more MLB, unfortunately, until playoffs. Uh, for those who have asked me, no, I have not gotten paid for five dimes yet. It's been a month. have not gotten paid for five dimes yet. Hopefully, if you guys have five dimes, you get the count. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'll be back Monday with Reaction Monday. Stay safe. Be well. Fuck the haters, and I will talk to you guys soon.